Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, did a viewer of a once popular TV show get a sign of a star's death before it actually happened? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, as you may or may not know, I don't know if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. Uh, We have uh, created what's quite literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories here on this program over the last almost nine years. And uh, that's all part of uh, our EPP program where you can get access to all of that. Literally nine years of podcasts almost every day. Uh, So that's where we have the largest audio archive of ghost stories, EPP bonus episodes that we create every single week exclusively for our supporters, an ebook and audio book, both Amazon and Audible bestsellers. Uh, You get all that when you support our show as an EPP extra podcast person. You sign up for it at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. That's how we keep the show on the air. And we appreciate your support. If you can check that out, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. It's uh, Tony and Carol with you today. I was kind of relating to the um, intro uh, there where we were talking about the woman hearing uh, or, or foretelling of a star's death prior to the actual death. Because I remember having a dream a couple of years ago and it involved B. Arthur uh, and and a, a, uh, a large uh, pack of, of Norwegian killer bees. Uh, if you remember that uh, that epidemic that was striking northern Minnesota. Uh, in the summer of uh, 04. Um, it was it was tragic. I, I could see B out in the field um, and and she was out there and it was I'm not trying to make a pun of bees and B Arthur. It was just I was going to say it, you do know she spells her name differently. Right? I, I, I just it is what it is because because she was stung to death uh, in her in her backyard in her jacuzzi uh, when she was having that swingers party. And it was a really weird ending. <laughs> to be Arthur because none of us really, she always played that uptight, you know, character on uh, golden girls. I mean, everybody thought Blanche, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, um, Betty, I don't know, maybe in that world, but be Arthur. And it was really weird because they stand, they kind of got a little crazy sometimes, but I mean, they share some memories. Rest in peace, peace be Arthur for the, the stinging to death incident in the, uh, in the hot tub when she was having the swingers party in uh, 98. Uh, but it's, so, it's sad. Now you know, there are people <laughs> going, Oh my God. I didn't know that. This is where they start Wikipedia. Like I completely made all of that up. It's called satire. Uh, but <laughs> just, or it's called the news. It's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's like a lot of people's newscasts. Here in uh, 2021. They just tell you some random shit yeah. and you go, Oh really? True. Did you hear BR? <laughs> Somebody will have only listened to like the first part of the show and have turned off the podcast and they'll be going into work going, did you know that B Arthur was a swinger? <laughs> And she got killed by like bees, Norwegian bees, which was Norwegian bees, which was really ironic. In her hot tub, her name was Bee. Did you know? I had, I think I had some of them Norwegian bees in my backyard that year. I got some of that uh, insecticide out, and we took, we busted those bitches up. The bees were gone. And yeah, because now everybody's gonna remember them Norwegian bees. Fucking Bee Arthur, Norwegian bees during that orgy. 
And you think murder hornets are bad? <laughs> they can, if they could kill B. Arthur, she's like seven foot tall. Jesus Christ. <laughs> powerful fucking bees. Those bees going after B. Arthur when she's just trying to enjoy herself. I don't know what. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy shit. Crazy shit. I heard they were filming it too for one of them, them internet pornography websites she was starting to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you in seriousness right now <laughs> if something happens to betty white uh, in 99 yeah and i say if because i want that woman to live forever yeah i honest to god think they should have a national day of mourning <laughs> i agree because i love her so much mm -hmm. like i loved her like way back on the mary tyler moore show I, she's a this brilliant comedic actress yeah and she's a, just a good person yeah and yeah oh my god because each one of the golden girls i love them all so much sure. but betty white i'm like don't ever let anything happen to her i thought i i love betty white my favorite character on the show is blanche i just thought she was the funniest as, and just always had just such a slut yeah i know that was what made it so funny it's just it was like such a i love a woman who's in her 50s and can still be a slut yeah it was great in a rather respectful way yeah yeah. And her girlfriends don't slut shame her or anything. They no. just te tease her and jab her. It's funny. It'd be it, what you'd be funny now to go in and pitch a show where it's like it's Sex in the City, but everyone's oh. in their fifties, and like, and you, like, and and uh, and that's how you're pitching. And they're like, oh, we're actually doing that uh, this season, but it's with the real Sex in the City cast. <laughs> and it would never go over. They're making oh, it right, again. Actually, you it's are coming right. back. Yes, you are right. It's Golden Palace part two, you know, but uh, it's it's scary because uh, yeah, about I don't think Kim Cattrall's uh, participating. No, she's not. Doing so that. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's our uh, Golden Girls to Sex in the City chat here on the Ghost Show. But it was a scary thought to think of B. Arthur in those positions. Uh, let's talk about that for just. I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was all a fake. None of that's real. Totally made up shit. So that was just for your listening enjoyment. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Hi, I'm Janet from East Texas, and I've just become an EPP. I absolutely adore your show, and I love your family. Listen about every day, and it's just like I'm visiting. You guys are so real and down to earth. It's super awesome to finally find a place to be with so many people who share my weird obsessions. My story's not really about a ghostly encounter. I'm not sensitive like that, though I wish I were. It was about a dream I had when I was 14 or 15. I had always felt a strange connection with Dan Blocker from the old Western series Bonanza. I loved that show. Never missed it. Back when I was growing up, we had that old-fashioned TV that when you turned it off, it would fade out slowly into kind of a circle until the screen went black. It would often be, I'd often be watching TV until bedtime, and my mother would be getting ready for bed in the bathroom down the hall from our living room. I dreamed that I was watching Bonanza, but the only thing on the screen was Dan Blocker, who, of course, played Hoss Cartwright on the show. I remember thinking it a bit curious that he was alone on the screen, no background of any sort. My mother called to me to turn off the TV and to go to bed. The room was dark and the only light was coming from the hallway. I said, no, that's Hoss Cartwright. But she insisted that I turn off the TV. Finally, she came into the room and turned off the TV despite my objections. I watched as he slowly faded into a circle of light until the screen went black. I remember feeling quite sad, but I guess that's where the dream ended. 
The next morning, as I was lying in bed thinking about getting ready for the day, I heard my mom and my uncle talking in the living room. I usually listened to them talk as he would drop by most mornings for coffee on the way to work. I was shocked when I heard my uncle say, did you hear that Dan Blocker passed away? I've never had any other experiences like that, and everyone I ever talked about thought it was crazy. To this day, I can still see him fading away into that tiny circle of light. I have another story about a shadow person I saw when I was incredibly young. I'll save that for another time, though. Thank you guys for all you do. I really love the show. I'm overly excited to become an EPP, and I'm looking forward to binging on those episodes. Thank you so much for all those kind words and that story. Yeah, the old days of the TVs fading into the oblivion. There was a spookiness to that. I kind of missed that. And you that. got like three channels. Yeah. And sometimes you turn on the TV, it takes like a minute or two to warm up and yeah. get on and for the picture to fully get bright. Yeah. But And I think that's an interesting story, though. Like, I totally believe it. Mm-hmm. And But it's interesting that you would have a premonition like that, or maybe he had already passed at that time. But like, is that like Dan Blocker wanting her to know that he had died? That's what I'm wondering about the special. Or is it? Yeah. Or is it like Dan Blocker did it to a lot of people that night because he was famous? Well, and yeah. He was hot. Will there be an influx of stories that go, "Holy shit! I had that same experience." I mean, there could be. Yeah. That would be, be interesting. I didn't mean B. Arthur or B's, but yeah, now you um, put everybody back to thinking of B. Arthur in a compromising know, right? position in a hot tub full of be. Jello. Because the Jello like, part was weird. I don't know why she had to have the. That's probably what attracted the fucking bees. And now, when I watch the Golden Girls, I'm just gonna think of her being she, a swinger. She's sugar free. I mean, that wouldn't have attracted the. But no, had to have the full on regular Jello. Jesus Christ, B. <laughs> Lemon lime at that. Nope. I mean, come on. Anyway. But I just think that's interesting that, like, I mean, he was famous and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, excuse me, it could have been someone, you know, she didn't know, like, what, because she didn't. Yeah. Why would he have come to her like that? I don't know. That I don't know. I can't explain that part. It is, uh, it's bizarre. Because, the, yeah, the specificity of it, of, to her specifically, I mean, it's uh, unless she finds, and by the way, turns out my real father was him. My mother had an affair on the set of Bonanza. Oh, my God. And she I has found, to go on and get her online DNA, DNA test. Yeah. She's going to find out that her real dad was Haas. And she's also related to the Golden State Killer, which is pretty exciting. You know, it's a two for one. You find out what serial there killer. There might be some money in there somewhere for her. Exactly. A great book, a great book and a Nancy Grace interview is what uh, what she's got in store and a <laughs> lifetime supply of rice aroni, the San Francisco treat, the parting gift of every game show from 1974 to 1988. Uh, let's go to story number two of the day. Let me start by saying my childhood was an extremely hard childhood. I was dealing with so much and was very vulnerable as I was in pretty much in the state of mind for something to attach to me or I could take it home with me, which is exactly what I had done. So with that said, when I was a young child, I would say it started around the age of five years old, I'd gotten a chicken bone stuck in my throat and needed emergency surgery. So I'd have to stay in the hospital for a couple of nights. I was terrified, but still a typical child. I was very curious and loved to explore. That's exactly what I did. I explored as much of it that was very dimly lit, cold, and incredibly old, 
creepy hospital as much as I could. After all, I was only five and could explore a small amount of the hospital. There was just one room that did not feel safe right off the bat. I decided to walk into the room because no one was in them. Then I saw in the corner of this darkened room facing the wall was a tall, shadowy man-thing. He never even turned to acknowledge me until I was running out of the room. I ran back to my room, pulled the sheets over my head, and hoped it did not follow me back. So when I was finally well enough to go home, I was excited. So when I was home for a few days, I realized something was not quite right. At first, it started out with toys you had to wind, would sing or talk on their own. Then the feeling of something was near me all the time and something that was not safe, not comfortable, and not good. That's when the sighting started. This thing I would see was tall, about seven feet tall. It was a shadow man. He wore a hat, and the only way I can describe this hat was like an old-fashioned barber hat. He had red eyes that pierced through your soul, and his finger was extra long. Well, every single night I would get up through the night to use the bathroom, and every night he was at the bottom of the stairs. I would not look down the stairs going into the washroom, but had no choice to look down the stairs to see them staring up at me with those very red, bright eyes. He'd always lift his head and left arm to point one of those extra long fingers at me. It would dart to my room every night and hide under my blankets. I see this thing throughout my whole childhood, sadly, jumping ahead to when I had two daughters of my own. My oldest daughter was around the same age as I was, which would be five years old, when she started giving what I thought were night terrors. One day I started, it started, she started telling me, rather, what an evil man looked like. She dubbed him with the same, with the name Evil Man. She described him with T, the tall shadow man with a hat, long fingers, and red eyes that I saw. So at this point, I knew it was back. And now, after my daughter and I had to protect her. One night when my girls were at the grandparents for the night, my sister and ex-brother-in-law showed up for a few drinks. Keep in mind, my brother-in-law never had any idea that evil man or shadow man existed. We were only on our first drink when he went upstairs to use the washroom. When he came downstairs, he was chalk white. I said, what's wrong? Look like you've seen a ghost. And he slowly turned toward my face and uttered the words, I did but worse. And they went on to tell me there was a tall shadow person wearing a hat and staring down into my daughter's bed where she would have been sleeping if not for her being at her grandparents. So realizing this thing did not care who had seen it or what time of day it was when I was seen or when it was seen, I knew I had to do something. I contacted my local priest to do a blessing on my house and he hung blessed medallions in a wall in each room. It must have worked. Because I never, nor did my daughter, see this evil demonic thing again. Thank God. That's my very creepy and very real and true ghost story or nightmare, however you want to describe it. To this day, I still cannot work up the nerve to search shadow people online. Because to be honest, I'm terrified of what I'll find. Thank you for taking the time to at least read my story. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you want to Google it. That's kind of like, you know googling a mole <laughs> right it's googling any like, symptom don't you're going to come it. up with your a horror story yeah. of scenarios yeah. and that's exactly this the same thing that would happen yeah but it, it's just interesting so do you think like something can attach it i mean obviously i guess something could attach itself to you mm-hmm. i think and something- go home with you but then to continue that same thing with your child yeah i I think anything can attach to anybody anywhere i mean i think there's certain ways where you can increase your odds 
Um, but I think sometimes it's just wrong place, wrong time. Um, and yeah, I mean, what attaches to you could just be a friendly old grandma or it could be something that is malevolent and has nothing but bad intentions and just sees you as a vehicle to travel along and do whatever it's going to do. Um, but, uh, it certainly sounds like something happened. I used to love wandering around hospitals when I was a kid, uh, you. <laughs> It, only me. Not surprising. Cemeteries me. and hospitals. I mean, if I was there for like seeing a relative or something, and it, these are the days where you, you know, parents still, I guess, gave their kids more freedom than they should have had. To be completely you honest, you weren't old enough to go into the room, so it's no. like you wait here, honey. But oh my god, I would do that all the time. We do it at, at nursing homes and at hospitals because we'd visit my great grandmother, which was kind of a hospital like facility. And then if we were at because and I think it was mainly when she was in the hospital, you know, she had to go move over there for a little bit. We go visit her there. And there'd been some other relatives on and off in hospitals. But I always remember I would always just wander around and then I go explore the cafeteria. The cafeteria amazed me because you could get like all different types of jello and, you know, it was a cafeteria. And cafeterias really weren't a thing much in the 80s anymore. So it was kind of a new environment for me, although it was a retro environment. Um, but I would just hit random buttons on the elevator, go up and down, walk the floor, come back. God knows what floors I was on. But I would just be this kid wandering through the halls by myself. That's funny. I'm, some people are probably like, I think I see my grandson walking down the hall. You know, I bet I it probably did that for some people where in a good way and a bad way where it's like, oh, my God, but he's dead, you know, or, oh, my God, he's coming to see me. No, he's not. He walked past the room with the, going to the jello. Um, so yeah, he's obviously a dead child. Exactly. I could have been a lot to a lot of people, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. But I, I would do that. I just I loved exploring. I loved going out and exploring locations that I guess you don't normally really see that much. I would go wander around a hotel in my hometown too called the Retlaw, which has now been restored and has ghost stories to it, all that. It was even featured on This American Life once. And uh, when I was, it was when I was working in radio, when I was 14, 15, it was right down the road. So after I got some work done in the morning, I would wander down to this hotel and go in through the back staircase and I would just kind of wander around and just explore it and look at all the woodwork and just kind of imagine what had gone on in this place because it was like 100 years old and it looked like the Titanic. Um, and it was just, I, I just loved wandering weird places like that. I don't know why. I guess I do this now, so it makes sense. No, it's always been part of who you are. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, thank God nothing followed you home wandering around hospitals I and know. all freaking places you went. I look at it, I, well, graveyards, I look at all that and go, I'm kind of lucky that didn't happen, you know, or did it? You know, I <laughs> I don't know. I, I have nothing to recognize to say, and here's my ghost story of what followed me home. And most people who have that have the story and can trace it. So I guess I lucked out. Or maybe the ghosts want nothing to do with me. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to the caller. Hi, it's yours. Hi, everybody. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year now. I just kind of wandered onto it. Um, anyway, uh, I really enjoy all your stories, and I have buckets and buckets of paranormal stories from my past as a child and everything. But um, I was just listening to an episode you were talking about uh, that... Um, do movies trigger like more paranormal activity? 
And then you actually brought up uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, and I had a very <laughs> um, paranormal experience um, after watching that movie. Um, pretty much take it back, uh, me and my friend uh, Aiden moved into this apartment um, in Austin, Texas, and um, it was on the third floor um, in the corner. Um, really like vaulted ceilings and everything. It was really open and wonderful. Um, but I always felt like somebody was like watching me, like from the beginning, like always in the, the kitchen, like you, when you walked in, the kitchen was immediately to your left and then it opens up to the living room and then our bedrooms are sectioned off from there. So at the entrance, I always felt like somebody was watching me and also um, in the shower, that was a, a thing that reoccurred as well, like where I'd be washing my face and I just felt somebody like standing outside the shower curtain. I'd always like tear it open and, uh, and no one would be there. Um, so anyway, um, weird stuff would happen. My dog would always look over in that area and like growl and stare. Um, but this one night, uh, a friend of ours had uh, had a hookup, like uh, a friend that worked at the movie theater, and we're like, wow, let's go see this movie, Exorcism of Emily Rose, let's get scared. And so we go and see it, and it's, you know, it, it scared the shit out of us. Like, um, I, I, I love horror movies, but when it comes to possession, that's always been something that like just terrifies me. Um, and so we had had like occurrences like where it sounds like somebody was in the kitchen occasionally, but it was all really mild. Um, and anyway, we get back that night and we're both scared. And so we're like, we're both going to sleep in the living room and we're watching like happy stuff, like funny sitcoms and what have you. And we both are passed out like my roommate was sleeping on the couch and I was leaning against the couch like with my back to it and like watching TV and the cat was sleeping on my lap and so just a little fact about the cat is um, whenever it wanted to get fed it would like go into the kitchen and like open the the cabinet a little bit and it would go and like shut and that's when you knew oh the cat needs to be fed because um, we kept the food under there and so trailing back I'm sleeping on the floor leaning against the couch and I'm kind of like in and out of sleep and then I hear and like the cabinet doors were like opening and shutting and I like woke Aiden up like Aiden wake up um did you hear that she's like oh no it's just the cat and I was like the cat's right here on my lap and so uh we both just kind of like hop on the couch and uh kind of made it through the night um then once the sun started coming up I decided to like go to bed and that night I had the most intense dream about being possessed where like I can feel the the pain and closure and suffocating 
uh, feeling of not being able to control my body and that someone was else was in charge. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a really intense, vivid dream that I can think of. I remember still to this day. Um, but anyway, that, that all happened. Um, from that point on, we always like had like just that feeling somebody was watching the cabinets. The kitchen was more of an active place. Um, but the, we had electrical problems, like the TV would like just turn off and like, if you talk to it, it would react and kind of like turn back on, like being sassy. Um, I don't know. Um, there's a lot more that goes on the history of like my roommate also has had like lots of experiences from a child where she has had paranormal activity and actually that same TV would turn on in the middle of the night, like at another apartment and it would show like a car crash or like a murder or something from what I remember. I'm not exactly sure. I remember her saying car crash, but anyway, I don't know if something followed us there or if something already existed there and the fear and the thought thinking of like the possession. And it just feels like when we got home, the whole part stimulated. So anyway, uh, I, Thank you for listening. Hopefully you'll play this. Um, if not, no big deal. Um, I have so many more stories, like lots, buckets, buckets of stories. <laughs> but you said those two ingredients, and I was like, ah, it's time. I got a call. Like, so here I am. I called. My name's Laura. Um, I live in St. Louis, Missouri now. But um, anyway. Thank you. I appreciate everything you do. Um, it's a weekly thing. I sit on my patio and I listen to your podcast at the end of the night and uh, love it. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your uh, your stories with us. Wouldn't it be weird if you're going for a walk at night and you suddenly heard your voice? I mean, we've done that when we're on the radio, like local radio, but we're not there anymore. And you're just like in another city walking around. You hear your voice coming from somebody's patio. It's like, wait a second. And you really freak him out. And you're like, hey, that's me. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're, you're a ghost. Yeah, That's exactly. not you. Yeah, like that would just, the odds are not there. But what are your thoughts on the, uh, the story? You know, I think that sometimes with those movies, like I swear, that's why I had to quit watching really scary movies. Mm. Because I don't know if it was just opening me up for weird shit to happen. Yeah. Or... It, especially when I slept, like I would have the most vivid, horrific, horrible nightmares. And like, I can watch a murder show and I don't have that. I mean, I don't like head em up shows at all, but yeah. you know what I mean? So I do think that sometimes when you see something that, and I was with her, especially on the possession shows, mm -hmm. like when I did go see the exorcist, when they re-released it in the movie theater, because of course I had to, yeah. um, which is a funny story, but I went like the matinee, the first matinee of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, so we get there and we walk in and there's nobody else there. And so my friend and I made this joke about, okay, let's find the center seats. Is it this row? Is it this row? It's this row. This is center. 
And then we were like, is this the center seat or is this one? And we were like making this big deal about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, um, the previews start and this guy and his son walk in and they're like walking up and they're getting closer to our row. And mm-hmm. I'm like, they're not going to pick our row. Yeah. And they did. And so they come down on our row. Keep in mind, we're the only two people there. And they left one seat in between. And they sat in the other two. And I was like, are you kidding me? Is that tubular bells you're playing in the background? <laughs> of course it is. And I'm like, ah! Isn't that, like, who does that? And then, who goes to the exorcist? And all I, so I said to my friend, I go, there, obviously, he's too, his kid wanted to see it. He's too terrified, mm. which is why I picked the matinee. And then he had to sit by people. That's why you you we then, got up and moved. Um, the you, what you suddenly do at that moment is you pull a crucifix out of your purse, <laughs> and you no. Instead, I just got into my fanciest back bend and started walking down the stairs. That's the scene they cut from the original one. What was she it? Literally, she's in like a back bend and she walks downstairs. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 It is so creepy when she does that. And I think they act you know, it was the seventies or whatever, so the effects weren't all that great, but I yeah. think they actually had some contortionist type of girl yeah. who could do that. She did that. Wasn't it one of the so things anyway. that like hurt her or something? Oh yeah, like there was, I think there was so I met many Linda things. Blair once and she yeah. I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah. She signed a can of, of was it pea soup? It was something yeah. like yeah. split pea soup. But I don't know what I did with it, which is really weird. Did you have her sign um, at your mother sucks cocks in hell? Love Linda Blair or anything? Because <laughs> you could have also delivered that line in the movie Linda, theater. Say it, Linda. <laughs> you could have done that. That would have definitely made those people move. And you could have kept your seat. Just saying. God dang. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't we have this conversation? It's all retrospect. You know, you're like, oh, I'm, so with her. I'm so with her on those possession shows, yeah. especially. Yeah. And so I do think that I don't know what it is. Like, I just swear maybe I'm more open to stuff happening after I've exposed myself to something like that. I don't know. But I don't watch the possession shows anymore. No. I haven't done it in years. Like, no. I might have seen that Emily Rose one. Oh yeah, that was the name I was trying to think of the other day. Yeah. The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and that was almost that's like almost a twenty year old movie now. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a good one. I I thought, but that was one where um, I didn't like how they were using the demon names, like in the movie. See that don't that part him up. that made me that, uncomfortable. That could have been why she was having, yeah. you know, why that happened to her. Yeah, that made me uncomfortable. That was the one where I'm like, oh, I don't like this part, but. Yeah, but there's like, I guess they'll do what they're going to do. But yeah, right? yeah, I saw that in the theater and it was just, that was, cr- and then I watched it at home and I was more concerned at home. I'm like, I don't like this. I'm pumping myself up to some shit. It's like, I'll, uh, I'll keep every horrible scene on, but it's like, you start saying the demon names. It's like, fast forward. It's like my mom, <laughs> like when boobs showed up on television. Hey, David, David, where's the remote? David, he shouldn't be seeing this. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be seeing those titties. What? What is our son? Lo- Stop looking at the television, Tony! Don't look at those titties. Very, 
right, I'm, I'm not looking at him. Really. I don't think my Seriously, mom has I ever will, said that I word. I quit looking at titties if you will just shut up. I don't think I could ever picture my mom even using that word in a sentence, but it's so much more funny to think of the animated version of her that would. <laughs> it's just like super, you know, over-exaggerated everything. My dad's like, what? Huh? I don't know where the remote is. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Hope you guys liked the show. And if you do, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com. Get access to the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, all of it. Ebook, audiobook. It's only five bucks a month and uh, you'll love it. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.